A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A little bit of a good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review. Oh, wait a second. This is Rampage, baby. This is Rampage. <laughs> what an eventful episode of Rampage this was. Uh, we had the All-Atlantic Championship being defended. Jungle Boy Jack Perry challenging Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Uh, and more matches in the uh, AW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Um, Bandido versus Roosh. You had uh, Brian Cage versus Dante Martin. And... Uh, I think we were meant to... Let me just check my notes here. Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. Yeah, that didn't happen, did it? Oh, hang on one second. Who's this? That's been on. That didn't happen. And the apology... (laughs) ...must be as loud and as public as the disrespect. (laughs) 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 Okay, okay, okay. So... Bit of context. Yeah. (laughs) The three of us... We were talking about the dynamite happenings as part of the dynamite review on a Thursday morning. And, you know, we got to the segment where Lance Archer took out mm. uh, Ricky Starks in a heat angle. It still is. Yeah. It's not real. So it's not real. Um, as part of which he just got Ricky Starks' head, smashed it against a shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I just thought, all right, that's a way to build interest in the match. You know, you have the baby face already at a disadvantage physically. Now it's to fight through an injury, all of which is going to make his eventual defeat of Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Just sing all the more. And um, look, uh, Michael Hamlet said, does this mean the match is not going to happen? And in my snarky, cutting down, performative way, <laughs> I said, to hear angle. <laughs> is this your first wrestling show? Because these things kind of happen all the time. And then fundamental, actually, uh, to driving the conflict. And I was a little bastard, a little bell end, a little snarky twat. And because of that, not just because I was proven um, wrong, mm. but because of the, my general tone. I'd like to apologize publicly and loudly for the tone and being patronizing, not just f- being incorrect. 
So I was going to apologise for that and apologise for a lot more, and I don't want to do that. So Hamlet, I'm sorry, mate. I accept we are ten times the organisation that AW could ever be. Doesn't ever need to resort in violence, does it? Like <laughs> it doesn't. I'd also like to apologise as well to my esteemed colleague because he was kind of insistent at one point, and again I disagreed with this. But unfortunately, we do have AEW Women's Tag Team Champions. Mm. It's Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir from that division that sprung up a couple of months ago. So yeah, now that I'm watching those tag team champions, I'd like to apologise for that as well, Hamlet. <laughs> he stepped on his own dick. Hey! <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> but no. Yeah, I was completely wrong. I, I, I'm, I was just here for that, by the way. I'm okay. Go, I'm not going to be rampage. I'm going <laughs> to go eat some stuff. If you want to hear more from Ampler, he's on, the, he's on the SmackDown review, which is available right now wherever you get your podcast from. Goodbye. Uh, Sage, what did you make of uh, of this week's rampage? Sure, of two halves. Yeah. Because for the first half. Oh, hang on. I see what you're doing here. You're eyeing it up. No. For the first half. Where are we I going was, with this? Oh, my God. How many buttons are in this? You've got six yeah. pages. Oh my God, man. For the first half, I was really enjoying. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. But here's my number. This is rare, baby. <laughs> and then I got really, really cross and in a mood with one of the finishers to the mm. match. I had Saturday morning to myself in a rare event. Ooh. This week. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do my bloody job. Um... Splatoon 3 hasn't arrived yet. It's going to be a prime today. <laughs> so I'm just going to watch I'm going to watch Rampage. That's how I'm going to spend my Saturday morning. And I thought, you know what? Because usually, you know, if it's not the most electrifying lineup on paper, I'll just save it for the Sunday night slash Monday morning. I don't really care about making sure I've watched it to get my takes out or because I'm really anticipating it. It's part of the job. But you know what? I thought, ah, Saturday morning. Um, you know, Splatoon 3 isn't here yet. I'm procrastinating with Breath of the Wild. I'm doing this. Oh, I'll just, um, what I'll do is I'll play an easier, simple, more direct game just to build my confidence up, and then I'll go back to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's getting to the point where I'd rather watch Rampage and Breath of the Wild, which shows you how much I'm terrible at that game, even yeah. though I do think it's a magnificently uh, well-made game. I'm just terrible at it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch Buddy, Buddy Rampage, do my job, and watch it early. So, oh, I'm having fun with this. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is really starting to cook. Oh, no, 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 this is terrible. And I just got in a mood and didn't watch the main event until... Um, 40 minutes ago. Wow. Yeah, I can understand why, though. I'm sure we'll get to it in due course because, yeah, I saw, I'd already seen your it tweet. It's the about worst it. finish in all of creation. I'll tell you why imminently. Well, let's start at the beginning of the show. Well, everything was all good. Well, not good if you're Jungle Boy Jack Perry, but it was entertaining at least because, yeah, the show opened as promised. It was going to be the confrontation uh, between Christian Cage and Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, they're out first, a, a Cajun Luchasaurus, um, and Jungle Boy immediately comes out, and uh, Christine says, you must be from Boston, because you're a goddamn loser. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he says, look, wh- why are we even here, basically? We've beaten you. We've beaten you on multiple occasions. Both of us have beaten you. I've beaten you in seconds on the pape. Luchasaurus beat you of the week, obviously neglecting to mention the uh, massive interference from either party uh, in those matches. Uh, and Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry, says, uh, you've cost me everything. Luchasaurus, you wasted three years of my life that I'll never get back. Um, and he's tired of all the interference, so he challenges Luchasaurus to a steel cage match at full gear. Uh, and Cage accepts on Luchasaurus's behalf uh, for his right hand of destruction and says, uh, just make sure that little mom of yours is uh, watching at ringside. She always got those good seats. Uh, and he says, uh, and it's a good job. 
you got your uh, you got your your father's good looks, so you can. And he's, I think he's going to imply he can go go into the movie business um, after this because he's not going to be wrestling anymore because he's going to get his his head caved in yet again. But before that can happen, obviously a mention of uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry's late father riles him up. He grabs Cage by the throat, but Luchasaurus makes the save and choke slams Perry sort of through an open chair, which always looks like it absolutely sucks. Yeah, decent setup, decent heat angle, all very decent without being the thing on the show that I'm really most looking forward to. Um, I thought, again, I got another prediction wrong on the um, Rampage preview, woefully out of date, but you know, just check it out if you haven't already. <laughs> um, yeah, I've thought with the, the mirroring between certain spots that took place during the Falls Count Anywhere match at Full Gear last year to how this match was built, um, a lot of crazy dives off the stage. I just thought we were going to get Falls Count Anywhere mm-hmm. carnage. But I suppose this makes sense on some level with the idea being right that it's fair and square in a cage. Christian Cage isn't there. But at the same time, the match between Luchasaurus and Jack Perry went Luchasaurus's way because Christian Cage, a simple look, distracted Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And it's not as if it's like, oh, uh, a steel wall match. You'll still be able to see through those um, mesh holes, if you like, that Christian Cage is going to try and psych him out again. So that's one of the reasons why I think they should have went really heavy on some kind of beatdown or something, like really bastard stuff. That's how you build a cage mm-hmm. match, not with a distraction. Um, because theoretically, Christian Cage can still do the thing. You can still distract him through the wall of a cage. But, you know, I'm just, maybe I'm just uh, a little bit hurt that my prediction didn't come to pass. But, you know, it should be good. Um, watching Jack Perry bump big against those walls could be really entertaining. Um, should get the crowd on side. Should be a really good match. Um, so, yeah, all very, when I'm watching it, I'm into it. When I'm not watching it, I'm hardly going to be abuzz with anticipation. Yeah, you're right. I'm not buying the pay-per-view for this match, but I'm not going to be like, oh, let's get on this over and done with on, on Saturday as well. Yeah, it's, God, it's in the middle. Weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this weekend? This weekend, Is yes. It? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, this Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah I, this was the one where on the preview, I was like, I'll just check how many matches are on full gear. And obviously, Rampage has already happened in life, but not been aired. And I was like, oh, steel cage match. I didn't realize they've, oh, no, that's what it's going to be. And I yeah. can't say anything now. So instead, I was just. You had a good poker face, actually. Mm. Fantasy, I was fantasy booking stuff in my head uh, that was uh, either physically impossible or incredibly dangerous now. Um, Let's hear it. So one of the two options uh, is uh, Jungle Boy looks like he's escaping the cage, which I know you hate and no one should. It should be a cage. There'd be no reason for him because yeah. that's not how you win. So he climbs up. To do an aerial. Yeah, to do a big aerial. Cage is like, with his mom being like, well, what are you trying to do, you bloody coward? And then he just does something preposterous. You know, Cody Rhodes-esque off the top of the steel cage in that match with Wardlow. Um, Or, I'm just get this out of the way now because I'm not here uh, for a couple of days this week when we're going to be doing most of our AW coverage. I'll just say it now so I can get your, uh, what's the phrase? Magnanimous look, as I I suggest this. Uh, Steel cage match. Featuring Dinosaur, Jurassic Park, Electrify the Cage, uh, and then have Jungle Boy climb on it, and it accidentally electrocutes him because his big air will look amazing when it's all like, like Einstein. Uh, let's go to the first match. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy wins, uh, despite being electrocuted in my booking as well, by the way. <laughs> it pa- powers up like that one of them Goku or whatever 
name is I don't know. What are you talking? <laughs> what know. are you talking about? What's the Super Saiyan one? Who's that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's the extent of my anime watching. No idea. Like some Ghibli fare as well. Porco Rosso. Yeah. What a charming, well-made, wonderful caper. And we should say a massive congratulations, by the way, to uh, to Ash Ketchum, who's finally become the greatest Pokemon trainer of all time after 25 years. I don't know what any of that means. Ash, off of Pokemon, I want to be the very best. Oh, he is the very he best. He now finally is the very best. According, like This happened like just the other day, so all right. hold to him if he's listening. Okay. I like um, the princess, I don't know how to pronounce it, Princess Mononoke. Good. And I actually watched a, a really nice, charming, coming-of-age Ghibli picture called Whisper of the Heart. Oh. Because I'm just quite twee like that, and I really enjoyed that one as well. Just full of charm. Uh, right, then it was uh, Death Triangle backstage with Lexi Nair, and uh, Pac is trying to convince his teammates uh, that they need to, you know, they've lost these other matches, they've lost title matches, they've lost opportunities, etc., etc. But they've still got the trios titles, of course, uh, but they need to keep them by any means necessary, and then he taps it with the hammer. What subtle message was he trying to send here, Sige? That if you use and wield the hammer, you will stay, and I believe I'm paraphrasing, but it's not far away from a direct quote, stay on top of the world. Mm. What world are you living in? You get your jobbers. I hate to say it. <laughs> jobbers with titles. Sorry. I hate to say it because these are all so awesome, but uh, look. Cheap. This was WWS, the way I had to be, they had to be like, hmm. hmm yeah, I'm really registering these words. Yeah, look, I'll tell you what, Chico Tony, he's, uh, he's done it. That trio's match. Set for Dynamite, which I don't want to preview too much because I don't want to step on our own dicks mm. in terms of when we preview that content. But the idea was, well, they're just losing all the time. Aren't they going to look terrible ahead of this presumed match with the elite at full gear? Oh, no, wait, they're going to have 10 minutes of pure mind-melting insanity. And yeah, 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 very clever, very clever. Speaking of which, Dante Martin versus Brian Cage was next. Uh, first round of the Eliminator tournament, of course. Um, yes, and this was where they confirmed Ricky Starks is going to face Lance Archer on Dynamite because of... Yeah, we've covered it. Um, so, yes, they put over, I think, Dante Martin is with the second most wins this year in AEW. And there's me thinking, nice see him back on telly, but obviously he's been racking up wins on dark and dark elevation. Um, and, yeah, the story of this match is Brian Cage is a big old dude, but Dante Martin, who's put on a bit of muscle... I noticed that. It looks, yeah. looks, looks He's putting on a bit of timber now. I like that. Uh, he's using his speed and his agility, his quickness, all that to, to get away from him. Great spot to take us to a break. Dante Martin annoys Cage enough and, and dodges and dips and dives and what have you. And Cage eventually gets sent to the outside. And Martin goes for some mad dive out of the ring. And Brian Cage just catches him. And it's like... It just Into defies, a suplex. Yeah, it defies gravity. Just sort of caught him he, midway through a dive. And then it was like... Time froze, and he just held him in that position, and then just went, oh, yeah, this is no bother. Gets him up, suplexes him on the outside. Uh, yeah, hell of a way to take us to it, to the break. Um, when we come back, um, it's, again, it's Cage got dominating, but it keeps getting uh, reversed by Dante Martin. Tilt-a-wall -til slam uh, from Cage, gets him a near fall. He gets Martin up for a, a fireman's carry, but he counters with a spinning DDT. Um, Martin dodges a, a charge from Cage in the corner, and comes off the top with a crossbody for a near fall. He hits a massive springboard crossbody to the outside. Oh, my God. Logan Paul-esque the height that he got on that. Uh, and then a frog splash back inside off the top uh, to get himself a two count. But then 
Dante Martin misses a 450, and Cage takes his goddamn head off with a discus lariat. Uh, he gets the spinning full Nelson slam for a near fall, and then hits him with Weapon X for the one, two, three. Yeah, I love that near fall, and uh, just before the Weapon X, I really bought that one. Yeah. I think it was a nice little way of um, protecting, in the best possible definition of that word, Dante Martin. Look for a match that was premised on the story that we thought it would be, where two incredible athletes who've got um, just ridiculous capabilities that they shouldn't have. One is just supernatural in in an aerial um, context. Brian Cage is just ridiculous given his proportions. Uh, They sort of, anything you can do, I can do better and I'm bigger. Actually, no, I can just fly at these ridiculous heights and just smash you from those distances. This is all really good. But the thing I took most away from this was Dante Martin has got this act and it's great, but it needs refining. It needs to be more substantial, meaty in some way, if he's going to really ascend in his career, where he can do things that just blow your mind, drop your jaw, all the rest of it. But I wouldn't say his stuff looked flimsy or even overly choreographed, but it's not the stiffest, snuggest mm. style you've ever seen in your life. And the forearms that he just smashed Cage in the jaw with, or in the flush of the cheek... I thought they were really strong, mm. and I was really sort of into it as this sort of like fight dance hybrid. But yeah, I took this as a real measure of improvement from Dante Martin. Some of the stuff was really cool. The crowd was into it, and there was real drama at the finish um, with that um, really nicely booked and inserted kick out. So I had a lot of time for this, mm. and I wasn't a good mood when this finished. Yes. Anyway, uh, before we get to, I sense the thing that probably changed your mood. Um, Lexi's there with Lee Moriarty and Stokely Hathaway. Uh, Moriarty's talking about, you know, he went, he, he didn't win, but he was brilliant and he showcased Tiger style and all that sort of thing. Um, but uh, he's ready for more title shots, etc. Uh, he's he's wanting gold and he's going to take on any any anyone and everyone. And then just as he's wrapping up, in walks Hook with his chips, and uh, yeah, it looks like the match is is set. I'll take that for zero hour. It's about time I've been lamenting Hook's arc of Hook versus the comedy geeks pretty much all year. Like, pretty much all year. If you remember right, Hook ended his 2021, his breakthrough, like, what, five weeks at this point, by um, confronting new TNT champion Cody Rhodes at, like, the one of the episodes of Dynamite between Christmas and New Year. I thought, Jesus Christ, that's a direction. Give me that. And then there was no such thing as Cody Rhodes in AEW anymore. (laughs) And then Hook basically from there was either associated with or in opposition to Utter Geeks, Dan Housen, 2.0. I like them, but Mm. they're still Geeks characters. QT. QT. Um, Then it was Tony Nese. And then it was the threat of... Oh, yeah. Ari Devari, that just got dropped. Um, so this is a proper direction against another technical maestro, and I'm really happy about it because I've missed Love and Hook, mm. and if this match is as good as it could be on paper, I would probably fall for the, the handsome devil all over again. Because <laughs> I just put over Stokely Hathaway was tremendous value in this pre-tape as well. Like, the puffed chest, and then the... Uh, no, no, you can take this one. What was he, what were you saying? What were you saying? And then he just faded <laughs> into the background. He's the best, isn't he? Really good. The, 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 apparent, the apparent rap on Stokely Hathaway is that he's, because he's such a funny bloke who can get over, that he's more 
concerned with getting himself over. He put Hook over big here. That's what a manager should do. I thought this is glorious. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on on the uh, House of Bleg uh, vignette that came next. Uh, Buddy Matthews, Brody King, Malachi Black, a British guy talking a load of bollocks. Um, they're being reborn. They're, they've died. They're being resurrected by Julia Hart. One's in dust, one's in fire, one's in the water. I don't know. I, I couldn't care less about this, but I'm glad that they're coming back. I think is the best way I can put it. Yeah, not to go on too wild a tangent, but this just, again, underscored to me that practical effects are better than digitalized effects every day of the week. Like, was it Buddy Murphy was on fire? Buddy Murphy was in the water. But like on a bad green CGI, screen. Yeah. But looked horrendous. Brody Lee in ashes, roaring back to life, was harder than JR's cock on Twitter. And I thought it was the coolest goddamn visual. Yeah, that was the one good bit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Brody King looked hard as balls. It looked awesome. I don't know how you could possibly have that as like gear or attire, but try. Looked, looked like the tits. Looked awesome. Bring these lads back on that basis. Just looked awesome. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All oh, right, now we need to get to the next match in the AW World Title Elim- Eliminator Tournament, and it was Roosh versus Bandido. And this was on a show of two halves, a match of two halves, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. So um, Roosh attacks Bandido before the match, beats him up around ringside, chucks him into the barricades, gets the extension cord and whips him with it and chokes him with it. Thankfully, That's getting boring. Thankfully, the bell hasn't rung yet. Um, initially, Roosh dominates. Uh, he hits an avalanche clothesline to take us to a split-screen break, um, during which we got a Bandido step-up Hurricane Rana and some great dives out of the ring that I thought, well, why have you done that in picture? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Roosh counters a suplex attempt, hits a knee, hits a discus elbow, um, hits a sort of... 
top rope drop kick leg drop thing. I just had horrible visions of Sid the moment he did this. Yeah. Anytime someone goes, I'm going to do a one-legged thing and land on my other leg, I'm like, no, don't do that. It was obviously botched out the ass. Yes. Jim Ross, what the hell was that? <laughs> so the crowd are into this, mainly because they can shout dos on a near fall, um, as, as they do after Roosh hits a, a pile driver. And then Jose, the assistant, slides a steel chair in. The referee, obviously, every, Aubrey Edwards goes, we can't use that. Takes that out, and while she's dealing with that, and Roosh going, come on, let me use a chair. He's going after the assistant, that is. He's going after Bandido and his mask. He's, you know, he's grabbing at his face. This brings out John Silver, music and all from the Dark Order. Pathetic. Who... who <laughs> looks... Sorry, your face as I'm doing this. It's so transformed from earlier. <laughs> Jose, the assistant, rushes John Silver. He gets knocked down. And then Bandido not only gets the distraction roll-up finish against Rouge to advance, but he celebrates it like a last-minute winner in the, well, aptly timed, World Cup final. He will advance to the semifinals to lose to, uh, to face Ethan Page on Dynamite on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, I sense this didn't help your mood. This match wasn't so blistering and fantastic that I was like really, really gutted and dejected that it finished in this way. But God damn, it was really quite cool for a yeah. while. Nothing you haven't seen before, but everything was really impactful. Beat the crap out of each other. It intersected that physical and spectacular really nicely. Um, the crowd really into it. They were just both performers were interacting with them brilliantly. It was just coming along very, very nicely, and then it kind of fell apart. It wasn't just that weird, you're going to break your ankle doing that. Um, why are you even selling it? Because why was Bandido even selling it? Because it didn't really look like it connected. And then there was another move where I was just like, I couldn't begin to describe what they tried to do. Mm. It looked like it hurt, but not in a way that, you know, was effective or visually impressive or coherent. I honestly can't even remember who did which move to who, <laughs> but there was just a kind of a mess happened and it was a bit awkward. So it was a good match that fell apart and then I had an absolutely woeful finish. I just can never, ever let this sort of thing slide. AEW spent the first year of its existence, right? And it was a strategic move, mm-hmm. right? They told you that that modus operandi, to quote the great Gordon Cole, was we're not going to be WWE. They've said it. They said the quiet part loud. Even in their initial press release, which I invoke all of the time, the mega fans will forgive me for that. Their inaugural press release heralding the announcement of what predated the actual introduction of the name Dynamite. They were calling them live weekly contests or whatever. Mm-hmm. That entire statement, whether they say we're going to track the effectiveness of certain finishing moves, um, half of the stuff didn't come to pass, but it was a mission statement where they basically said, less scripted soapy drama. Who could that be in relation to? Mm-hmm. Like high energy collisions. We're not going to do the in-house WWE style because you're bored of it. It was essentially a um, guide for Ambitions. Ambitions, yeah. what they were going to do. And it was essentially the subtext of it. And it was barely even subtext was we're not going to be like that rubbish WWE that you've either 
like so much that you're never going to consider us, so there's no point in going after nope. you, that you are watching out of FOMO because it's just part of the conversation. You like being involved in the wrestling online community and all the rest of it. Or you're completely disillusioned with it and you're kind of ready for a new um, rival to do it the way that everyone knows it should be done. Or you start watching it a few years ago and it's not going to be like this thing that you stopped watching, right? What's the phrase you use? Don't do what... Don't do what Johnny WWE does. Or don't do what Donny WWE does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Simpsons guy. So for them to do one of the things that people hate most about WWE and routinely take the piss out of WWE for doing, and honestly, do they even do it that much anymore under Triple H? They still do rotten finishes out the air. Yes. But they don't do this one. They, what I'm trying to arrive at in my typical long-winded way is that they know how bad this finish is. They know. They watch it. They create a new company doing what they competition doing not doing what the competition does because they know how bad it is they all hate it they all think it's rubbish so for them to do the worst wwe finish on their programming to air quotes protect roosh just i was in such a mood i don't bother doing this bollocks it's what you promised me subtextually or otherwise that you would not do and bandita looks like an asshole and i could not think any less of him which was ridiculous considering what a month ago at this point mm. I was thinking, oh, I know you signed far too many people, but game through the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. That match with Jericho was so great. Um, now I just think he's an arsehole who's just celebrating tainted victories. And it's not just the wild over celebration, it's the scarpering out the ring in case the heel justifiably kicks his ass for like effectively cheating or benefiting from cheating. And then, like, I understand there was a, I tweeted about this. And there was a big, long conversation in the replies in the days afterwards where they were discussing, well, can you not celebrate a win, right? It's all about context. And as I say all the time, there's a good and bad version of everything. There's a good and bad version of celebrating a match and putting over your achievement in it. Would you ever, ever in your life see Stone Cold Steve Austin or John Moxley scarpering out of the ring Ugh. in case the heel gets them and celebrating a win that they only really got because someone cheated on their behalf as if, as you said, they won the World Cup. And again, it's all in context and there are nuances nuances to talk about here. A roll-up, a pinning combination is a legitimate way of winning a wrestling match, even if the, uh, the person who gets pinned isn't selling, being dazed or knocked out from an impact finisher. The amount of times I watch Bret Hart win without with a pinning combination, mm-hmm. not the sharpshooter, and the guy isn't ostensibly dead or killed after the fact because he's just been caught by a superior in-ring technician. You don't have to sell. Like, oh, God, he's bloody hurt me with that. No, he just trapped me with that. This is different. It's mm. all in the celebration and the way they sold it is as if he fluked it. It's as if Adam Wilborn, he stole one. Mm. <laughs> I expect so much more from this company, and maybe I need to stop doing that. And to, to think of like, on Friday, we're there going, let's hope 10 doesn't get involved. And you're like, oh, it's not even that. It's, I know. Anyway. Uh, right. Renee's uh, backstage with uh, Claudio Castagnoli. They're going to do an interview, but that doesn't happen because in comes Jake Hager and says, oh, remember how great a team we were back in the day? Maybe uh, you need to leave the Blackpool Combat Club and come over and become a superstar again in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, and they tease. Then picking up where they left off, basically. And he concludes with, I like this hat. Yeah, it's really like, it's like the I didn't do it, boy. The I didn't do it, Jake Hager. Um, 
yeah, I guess they could have another match. They've already had one. Yeah, I remember the build to that. And it was Nova Delivery um, being a Jake Hager singles match. Don't need to see it again. Maybe it's given Claudio, who won't win the ROH title at full gear, something to do to rehab him after the fact, which means another continuation of JAS versus BCC. Please no. Wait. All I want for Christmas is this feud to be over. Yeah, and and now this is a threat that it won't be, so I had no time for this. And it uh, darkened my mood yet more. Uh, But then it was time for the TBS Open Challenge. I say that with quote marks. TBS title open challenge. Because Nyla Rose was defending that title of hers. I don't know whether I just like Nyla Rose so much that I just let stuff slide because I quite enjoyed this, her channeling her inner Jade Cargill. She comes out, she's mocking all the usual Jade Cargill poses. It's a squash match. It goes less than a minute. Um, and she hits a, a pump kick and the Jaded Slam and does the whole... <laughs> she's getting the victory here. Uh, and then, of course, Jay Cargill and the baddies come out and go, I've said I was coming for you. Um, runs down. Rose takes out the baddies, but then Rose gets hit with the uh, with the pump kick from Jay Cargill. And then Cargill chases her off and goes to get her belt back. But security is keeping them apart. What do you make of all this? Look, it was mildly amusing for what it was. And yes, neither Rose has got that incredible ability to make you laugh, even if you're not in the best mood or even if it's not the best material. Just what a personality she is. Um, I would have been a lot kinder to this and a bit more receptive to it had this not masqueraded as... the um, it, like, it wasn't even the obligatory women's match on the card. It was masquerading as the obligatory women's match on the card. If they'd booked another women's match on the card, I would have been a lot happier mm. with this. Yeah. Plus, I don't really know who, who technically we're meant to be cheering for. Oh, still. yeah. I'll, uh, this is going to die death in that arena, man. They're going to... It's not going to open the show. It's not going to main event the show. This is probably going to follow... Let's have a look. Hang on. Get this card up. It'll follow the elite match. Yeah. Let's bring them down with this before they don't get too exhausted. That's what they're going to do, and it's going to be a little bit uh, disappointing, actually. Hey, three women's women's matches on the card. Yeah, no, I can't complain. Uh, I hope, you know what? I'm going to repeat this, and the mega fans will forgive me. I want um, Storm Hater to open this pay-per-view badly. If there's ever a time to give the women that really prized slot. They're banging the hater. Storm's been awesome. The match should be incredible. And a 12-minute ultra-competitive back-and-forth super-physical ripper. Give them it because they might need it. They might need it, and they'll kill the slot. Like mm. Definitely. So It's a good shout, yeah. Uh, right, main event time. I'm probably going to tweet that as well. They'll forgive you. Yeah. All Atlantic Championship, Lee Johnson of the Factory versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, Lee Johnson, he says, you know, and the Factory QT says, look, he's ready to he's ready to win this All Atlantic title. Uh, and the uh, best friends are all just pulling faces, going, mm, "Don't think you are." Um, and then Cassidy, yeah, me neither. Cassidy pulls out his own microphone to try and steal Mark Henry Henry's catchphrase, which of course is. I don't really know what to say about this main event because it, it was it had the balls cut off it because it went to a picture in picture for the majority of the match. It felt like, mm-hmm. 
And there was some stuff that happened that they then subsequently, I think, had to recap um, whilst all this was going on. Uh, but it was also, uh, we were joking about it before in the office, like, how can we make people believe that Lee Johnson actually might take the title off Orange Cassidy? It's an you know, incredibly predictable title match. And it's just, just keep throwing the factory at them. You got uh, two dimes. Oh, sorry. Uh, Cole Carter. Uh, Getting up there all the time to try and distract Cassidy. He gets drop kicked to the floor early on. Uh, Nick Comoroto gets involved after QT Marshall distracts the ref and the best friends and what have you. Uh, he pulls Cassidy off the ring apron and chucks him into the crowd. I think that's when we went to a break. Um, in the midst of all this, I think possibly during the break, actually, QT Marshall hits a pile driver on Downhausen on the ring steps. Um that was good. That was good. When we come back, uh, Cassidy backdrops Johnson onto Comorotto uh, and then takes out all the members of the factory with a dive. He's firing back up. Uh, but as he gets back in, Johnson catches him with a blue thunderbomb for a near fall. Um, and then on the outside, Comorotto's got Cassidy up for a big press slam and Beretta just flies in out of nowhere with his spear to take him out. Uh, the factory and the best friends get into it and it's back to the main two guys in the ring Cassidy hits Johnson with a DDT Johnson catches Cassidy with a back elbow and a couple of super kicks but uh, just as Johnson's going for something he gets caught with the beach break for the one, two, three. Uh, post-match Cole Carter gets involved and there's the orange punch that the crowd were wanting to pop for um, there's a little stare down with QT Marshall and he realises that numbers game best friends are in there I'll just tail between my legs and leg it here um, and they give the, got to give the people what they want, hug. And um, with Cole Carter in the middle, and he's like, yeah, I'm a best friend now. And they're like, piss off. And they do the whole uh, shield powerbomb, basically, with the choke slam as well, to close out this show. Uh, good news, bad news, probably more bad news than good. Look, this was a nice little match. Good news. Bad news, the chilling implication that we're getting Orange Cassidy versus QT Marshall at full gear zero hour. No. <laughs> No, yeah, I'd it'll, it'll go like too. six minutes and it'll be pointless. And there's just more, more shit I gotta do now. <laughs> to quote the absolutely wonderful Carl Rod from Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Um, good news, Lee Johnson's pretty damn good professional wrestler. Yes. Bad news, everything he did that I popped for in this match was a babyface characteristic, and I don't think I'll ever just want to boo him. And I don't think that. Being a heel plays to his strengths. And look, it's a learning exercise for him. Presumably, it's not the long-term direction. Um, but if I want to, I don't want to watch learning exercises. I say this on the NXT 2.0 review every single time. Why would I want to watch something through the lens of a coach for my personal enjoyment? Um, I don't want to grade prospective wrestlers. I want to watch great ones, you know? Mm. There's a, again, in the middle, you can watch a... Jungle Boy or Darby Allen ascend in 2019. That's different to this, where it feels like they're trialing Lee Johnson with something that isn't necessarily what he's best at, so that he can learn a little bit of something indirectly. Because I don't think he's a heel. And there's a moment in this match where I thought, if this was a hope spot and not just something he was doing as a heel, incidental to his character, I would have loved it. The lightning quick penetration step before the Blue Thunder Bomb was like, mm. oh, my God. Oh, sorry. You're trying to get me. You're trying to get me. You're trying to get me. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lee Johnson could be a great wrestler one day, um, not as a heel, because everything he did in this match, that was awesome, was stuff that he did and could do as a baby face. 
Um, like, yeah, I understand he's going for a more desperate character with his feet on the ropes and the constant interference, but I just didn't find him detestable in like no. literally any way, shape, or form. If anything, I was popping daft for him. And maybe, you know, it's one of his first profiled matches as a heel. Potentially, he could get better at it, but I just think it's a weird decision. And the match was exhilarating adjacent by the finish. And they threw enough stuff at it to get a little bit of drama, but ultimately, I just couldn't really care. No. Or buy any prospective title change. I did randomly enjoy that cold car. Yeah! At the end. <laughs> what do you think? You're just automatically part of the best. Oh, I guess Dan Housen's dead, so I'll take his spot. See, they've got enough geeks like that. They've got QT doing that. They've got uh, Ryan Nemeth doing that. They've got Ari Davari doing that. Too many geeks? Mm. Anyway, let us know your thoughts on... There's no follow-up to that. <laughs> yeah. I was starting to think of like a too many cooks thing. and I just Too many geeks spoil the... Uh... Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let us know your thoughts on Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, as I mentioned earlier, the SmackDown review of myself and Hamlet is available right now. And me, Sidge, and Hamlet will be back later on today to preview Monday Now Raw. But for now, this has been Red Pig Baby and the review of that show. <laughs> Uh, my thanks to Michael Sidrick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.